You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Three, two, one... But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. So sick. Here. Sick. 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 2022 people. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. I hope everybody, when I say this is a jam-packed episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, I have never been more sincere when I say that. Here's what you need to know about today's show. We are going to open, start the show. We will talk the college football playoff rankings. I know you guys and girls tell me I don't really care about that stuff. Well, trust me, based on the downloads that I see, based on the views that I see, I know that you very much care. We will try to be quick because the results are now 36 hours or so old. From there, we will transition to some mega news from the sports world. Gonzaga had a meeting with the Big 12 last week. Could Gonzaga be leaving for the Big 12? I think they just might be. This one passes the smell test to me. And finally, we'll wrap. How about this? Hugh Freeze. Head coach Liberty Flames joins the Aaron Torres podcast. This is why you listen to this show. Your boy brings on the biggest guests in the world of college sports. Uh, I'll be blunt. I'll be transparent. I did speak to Coach Freeze last week during their bye week. It was before he signed the extension at Liberty. It was before the Auburn job opened. But the, the, the extension at Liberty will not keep him from getting opportunities elsewhere. And I did ask him, point blank, would you consider other schools? He gave a fascinating response that I don't think you will want to miss also talks about Liberty's success this year, the Arkansas game this weekend, a lot of good stuff with Hugh Freeze. Make sure to stay tuned to the end of today's show. But with that said, let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, you know where I'm going to start. Tuesday night, the first edition of the college football playoff rankings came out. For those of you who aren't like super versed with the college football calendar, Remember, we have the AP poll in the preseason. We have the coaches poll, all that. But the college football playoff rankings are the rankings that are done by the folks who choose the four teams for the college football playoff. They start putting out rankings this time of year. These are ultimately the only rankings that matter. AP, coaches, any other one, it's for fun. These are the ones that count. Now, before we get into my immediate reaction, I know what a lot of you are thinking. And I know what a lot of you are going to tell me. Torres, none of this matters. And to a degree... I'll just say this. You're right. 
that is very factually correct. Tennessee plays Georgia this weekend, and regardless of who was ranked number one last week, whoever wins that game is going to be ranked number one next week. Obviously, if Michigan and Ohio State win out and face each other, then guess what? The winner of that game will probably be no worse than number two, assuming that the winner remains undefeated and wins the Big Ten. Uh, Alabama, of course, is going to have to beat somebody. So ultimately, none of these rankings really matter at this specific point. At the same time, as I said, to lead the show, I can see the download numbers. I can see the view numbers. And I know you guys and girls care. So let's share some immediate reaction. And just to be, I don't know if transparent's the right word, but let's just give you the top 10 just to kind of give you a baseline of what happened on Tuesday night and what it all means. So let's start. Number one, the Tennessee Volunteers. A little bit surprising there. We'll talk about them in a minute. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Georgia. Number four, Clemson. Number five, Michigan. Number six, Alabama, the first one-loss team in these rankings. Number seven, TCU, undefeated in the Big 12. Number eight, Oregon. Number nine, USC. Number 10, LSU, the only two-loss team in the rankings. Again, Alabama, the highest-ranked one-loss team. TCU, the lowest-ranked undefeated team. LSU, the only team with two losses to make the top 10. So with that said, I do want to discuss it. Uh, And what we'll do kind of, you know, we do on Fridays where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. Let's do what the committee got right and what the committee got wrong. And let me start by saying this. I give the committee credit. On Saturday night after Tennessee beat Kentucky, I said that I believed that Tennessee was no doubt about it, the number one team in the country. I thought they deserved to be the number one in not only this poll, but the AP coaches poll. But most importantly, I said when the committee makes their picks, Tennessee should be number one. Realistically, though, I did not think the committee would do it. I thought they would kind of just stick to what the AP has done. Obviously, I understand that the AP poll is it starts in the preseason. And if you start really high and you don't lose, you're going to stay there. But I kind of thought there was a scenario where Georgia could be number one, Ohio State could be number one, and that Tennessee would be three or four somewhere in the top four, top five, maybe. But that ultimately the committee would just kind of put Tennessee kind of to the side and say, you know what? You're playing Georgia this weekend. We'll bump you up to number one if you beat Georgia. That's what I thought would happen. So I have to give the committee credit because they put Tennessee at number one. Now, I don't know if they listen to the Aaron Torres podcast. I don't know if they follow my social media feed and were intimidated. But Tennessee was the number one team. And Tennessee, I think, was rightfully the number one team. First of all, best win in college football. We're going to talk about Alabama in a second. I don't love Alabama being ranked number six in the first poll. But this is the best win so far in college football. Alabama at home, three-point victory, 11 million people watched it. So you know what happened. You don't need me to tell you. But really, it's the totality of the victories for Tennessee that I believe puts them at number one, no doubt in my mind. Not only did they beat Alabama at home, they also beat LSU on the road, which I think when you start talking about best wins in college football right now, I think you can legitimately argue. I would say the best wins so far right now, Tennessee against Alabama. Then I would probably say Georgia against Oregon. And then I'd probably say Tennessee at LSU. So you're talking about a scenario where Tennessee probably has two of the three best wins. I know Florida has kind of fallen back since that game, but I think that Florida wins a nice win. Kentucky, I know they've fallen back. They're not ranked. I think it's a nice win. Pitt falling back. I think it's a nice win. And so when you look at the totality of the wins for Tennessee, when you look at what everybody else's resume is too, Ohio State has only played one team that is ranked in this top 25. 
it was Penn State. They barely survived. Michigan only played one team in this top 25. So I, I, I think that this was the right decision by the committee. I think it was the, 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 the thing to do. I'm just genuinely surprised they did it. And I do think I need to give them credit for that. With that said, I said, let's do where Aaron work, where the committee got it right, where the committee got it wrong. So I thought the committee got it right by putting Tennessee at number one, but I'm just going to be blunt. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. And I'm just going to say it like it is. I kind of feel like pretty much after Tennessee, the committee kind of got every single thing wrong after that. Okay. And let me explain it. Cause it's not only that they got it wrong and who really cares and da, 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 da it's this and that is that I think more than anything, what I observe from a distance is that they were very, not only wrong, they were inconsistent in their message. So let me explain. So Clemson's number four, people are freaking out. I actually have no problem with that. Um, number five is Michigan. Number six is Alabama. Number seven is TCU. Okay. So let me backtrack and say this. I think that if I was doing the poll and if it was based solely on who the teams are, what they've done on the field, how they've looked, I think you could make a case that Michigan should probably be number three at the lowest, maybe number two. I think Tennessee's one. If I was doing this poll solo, if the college football world said, Torres, you're in complete control, I would put Tennessee one, Georgia two, Michigan three. But Michigan fell to number five, if you want to call it fall, for one simple reason. Their out-of-conference schedule, not very good. Now, they did play the UConn Huskies, so we got to give a little credit for playing UConn. I'm kidding, of course, sarcastic. Although Jim Moore does have the boys at four and five, neither here nor there. But Michigan is really being punished. Remember, they were supposed to play UCLA. They canceled that game. And their out-of-conference schedule this year was Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. And so what the committee basically said was, Michigan, you didn't even try to schedule anybody worthwhile out of conference. Um, Not only did you not try, you did have somebody scheduled out of conference and you bumped that game to get an easy game in. And so we can't reward you. We can't put you ahead of Ohio State or Clemson or even Tennessee or Georgia, even if we think you're better. And I'm not saying the committee thought that, but the committee basically said, we can't do that because if we do, we're rewarding you for basically scheduling nobody. So I get that message and I have no fundamental issue with it. Here's my problem though. If the message is you have to play people and you have to beat people, why is TCU number seven? So TCU, they did something. I want to give credit to Joel Klatt and his team. I know his producer over there at Fox. He's a really, really smart guy. Joel Klatt dug up an interesting nugget on TCU. TCU became only the third team in college football history to beat four straight ranked opponents in back-to-back-to-back-to-back weeks. Sounds like Tom Amansky defense video. Back-to-back-to-back AAU National Championships. That was TCU. Back-to-back-to-back-to-back ranked teams. Now, I understand that a few of those teams have since lost, have since dropped in the rankings, but even among the four teams that they beat, two of them are in the committee's top 20, Oklahoma State and Kansas State. TCU beat two of them. So why is TCU at number seven? Oh, by the way, in the out-of-conference, they played two true road games at Colorado, at SMU. I'm not saying either of those teams is great. One's a rivalry game. They're going to play SMU every year. They went on the road to face another Power 5 team. And so that's where my frustration with the committee is. I like putting Tennessee at one and rewarding them for what they've done on the field. But after that, it's kind of this, do we reward the brand that we like? Do we reward the team that we think is better? We're making up the criteria as we go because that's kind of what it feels like to me if you really think about it. And more than anything, what I would just say 
is that I think that that once you get past, I think really two with Georgia, I think Tennessee, Georgia should be one, two. And this isn't like a pro SEC thing, as you'll hear in a minute. I think after that, it's it's really sketchy, right? Because Ohio State, one win over a team currently ranked in the top 25 of the, uh, you know, of the committee's poll. That was at Penn State. That was a struggle. So why are they ahead of Clemson, who has three wins over teams currently in the top 25, Syracuse, NC State, and Wake Forest? Don't get it. TCU has three wins or two wins over teams in the top 25. That is where it gets confusing. And to me, more than anything, I think it speaks to one thing. It speaks to brand bias, coaching bias, and I don't even know. Brand bias is probably the best word to put it because the way that I see it is this. Again, we have to understand these rankings are supposed to be based solely on what has happened this year on the field, not only with what you've done, but with what your opponents have done, okay? So let me ask you a question. Again, TCU ranked at number seven. How are they uh, behind Alabama? And this isn't an anti-Alabama thing. I think Alabama has the best loss of anybody in college football at Tennessee. Tennessee's a great team. I love Tennessee. We're going to talk about them, you know, certainly on Friday's show, previewing the big game against Georgia. But if the argument is that it's about what you did on the field, TCU, as I said, has two wins over teams currently in the top 20. Why are they behind Alabama? Well, they're behind Alabama because they're a brand that nobody trusts, nobody knows, nobody knows anything about. But there isn't anything Alabama has done on the field that makes them worthy of being the number six team in the country. Best win, I guess it would be against Texas, which came in at 24 in the committee's poll. That was without Quinn Ewers for most of the game. Second best win, probably Arkansas, not ranked. Mississippi State, not ranked. Texas A&M for Alabama, certainly not ranked. So you're talking about one win over a top 25 team. It's the number 24 team in the country, which, oh, by the way, is coming off a loss prior to their bye week and is 5-3 and three overall. And so if it's really about what happened on the field, Alabama shouldn't be ahead of TCU. I'll take it a step further. I think Oregon's got a better win than anything Alabama's done, smacking, 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 smacking UCLA a few weeks ago. Worth noting, when you talk about the brand bias, LSU at number 10, two losses. I get it. They're probably the best two-loss team in college football. And oh, by the way, one of those losses, again, to Tennessee, a very good loss. But UCLA is sitting at 7-1. and one. UCLA has a great win over a top 15 team in Utah. Probably better than anything other than LSU did against Ole Miss, but LSU has two losses, including one on a neutral field to an unranked team. So I know we're nitpicking here, and I know it's all going to figure itself out. By the way, how about this? UCLA is at number 12. USC is at number nine. Both seven and one, both in the Pac-12. UCLA beat the team that USC beat in Utah. So again, I know it's not that big of a deal. I know that we're going to figure all this stuff out. But what do I always tell you guys and girls about situations like this? It's pretty straightforward. I say it when it comes to the AP poll. I'm going to say it when it comes to this poll. I'm going to say it when it comes to the NCAA tournament in March Madness. If we're going to do something, do it right. And so to me, I guess what I would say, it's pretty straightforward. What is the criteria? What are you judging it on? And let's keep it consistent. If it's about everything that you've done on the field, who you've beaten, TCU should be not only ahead of Alabama, they should probably be ahead of Ohio State, probably should be ahead of Michigan as well. If it's strictly about how you've looked, I think Michigan should be higher. 
Clemson's kind of that weird team. I don't think they've looked great, but the wins look good on paper. So what is it, committee? Hopefully we get a little bit more clarification. And again, I get it. All this stuff is going to sort itself out. Georgia and Tennessee play this weekend. One of them will play either, very likely the winner of Alabama or LSU in the SEC championship game. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State will play. TCU has tough games ahead. Clemson has tough games ahead. I guess what I would say, I just want a little bit more consistency. All right, so what I want to do, take a quick break, come back. And when I come back, we will talk about the shocking news out of the college sports realignment world, Gonzaga, a meeting with the Big 12. They're, they're calling it exploratory. I'll just tell you, I think it makes sense for a lot of people on both sides. We're going to discuss that next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. So here's the deal. I've told you about Betfred, but I'm going to keep telling you about them. Love working with them. Started in 1967 in the UK, over 1,600 shops in the UK. They have come to the United States and made a major splash. Presenting sponsor of the Cincinnati Bengals, of the Colorado Rockies, of the Denver Broncos. Oh, by the way, if you're watching the World Series, Mattress Mac, he's got a lot of money on the line. Some of it is with Betfred Sportsbook. And Betfred, if you're a Betfred guy and girl like me, You're rooting for anybody but the Astros. With that said, what I love about Betfred, they do more for their customers than anybody, okay? So Betfred does it all. They have tailgates outside of Broncos games. We sent a few listeners to the Aaron Torres pod there a few weeks ago. They have the Betfred suite at Cincinnati Bengals games. They have first pitch at Colorado Rockies games for Betfred betters. You name it, Betfred takes care of their customers in a way that nobody else does. And here is what they are going to do for you right now. As I've told you before, this weekend, college football, it's a big one. Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Alabama, and Betfred is giving you a special offer as a listener of the Aaron Torres pod. Bet 50 on any college football game this weekend in week 10 or week 9 of the NFL. Bet 50, you get 250 in free bets courtesy of the Betfred Sportsbook. You like Georgia, take Georgia. You like Tennessee, take Tennessee. Bet 50, get 250 courtesy of the Betfred Sportsbook. Obviously, later this week, We will have our Betfred boost courtesy of your boy AT, but nobody does more for their customers. Love working with Betfred. uh, And you right now can bet 50, get 250 on any game this weekend. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody. I am back. Good to be back. Good to be back. I do want to switch gears to hit on yet another mega topic in college sports. And what is just, I think this has been the craziest week of college sports news probably all season long, all year long, right? We have the college football playoff rankings on Tuesday, which we just talked about. Uh, we, of course, have the Auburn firing, which has led to so much craziness over the last couple of days. The brawl involving Michigan State football players attacking a Michigan player from all the video that we've seen. We have covered it all. And yet on top of that, we got another mega story on Wednesday afternoon that absolutely has to be discussed right now. It comes from the world more so of college basketball, and it comes from the world, the never-ending world, really, of realignment. That is because on Wednesday afternoon, Pete Thamel, I think he's the best insider in college sports as far as a reporter is concerned, he put out there that last week when Gonzaga was in Texas to play Tennessee in that charity exhibition game that we talked about on Monday's show and we talked about last week. We had the guy on uh, Charlie Bessler from Intersport to discuss the game itself. Well, while Gonzaga was in Texas to play Tennessee, Pete Thamel reports that Gonzaga's AD had a meeting with the Big 12 commissioner and that it is very possible that Gonzaga could be leaving for the Big 12. Now, to be clear, all reports, as I record here at about 6, 6.30 Eastern time on Wednesday, are that it's exploratory, but I will just tell you this. I have read a lot of these reports through the years, a lot of different realignment stuff. This feels serious. This feels meaningful. And right now, if I had to bet, I would suspect that at some point in the near future, we hear that Gonzaga is making a move somewhere very likely to the Big 12. And I think, frankly, it makes sense for both sides. So let's talk about it. Let's break it down. And let's really look at it from all different angles because I, th- I think it makes sense for both sides. And of equal importance, there's a third entity that needs to be discussed as well. From the Big 12 perspective, this is very much in line with what Brett, Brett Yormark, the new commissioner of the Big 12, has been about since he took the job. He officially took it this summer, but he has said, look, We are going to be aggressive. We are going to be fearless in how we attack things as the Big 12. For too long, we have been reactionary rather than actionary. We ain't sitting around twiddling our thumbs waiting for somebody to do something to us. And so over the last couple months, 
what he has done has been very impressive. Most importantly, we didn't talk about it on Monday's show, but the Big 12 announced a new TV deal on Sat on Sunday. A lot of people questioned, could they get it done? All these moving parts, no Texas, no Oklahoma. Well, Brett Yormark, the commissioner, got a TV deal done with both Fox and ESPN that's going to pay those Big 12 schools about $35, $36 million a year. No, it's not SEC money. No, it's not Big 10 money, but it is better than we thought it would be. And so Brett Yormark has promised to be aggressive. He got the TV deal done, and I think he wants to continue to be aggressive going forward. From the basketball perspective, I mean, this would just be obviously a home run. Now, I don't want it. I love Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference. I love this weird, quirky school beating the crap out of everybody by 70 on random Wednesday, Thursday, Friday nights. But from the basketball perspective, it makes perfect sense. For all the criticism of what the Big 12 lost with Texas and Oklahoma, specifically in football, although, you know, they're keeping some good teams too with TCU and Kansas State, et cetera, et cetera, Oklahoma State. But for all the criticism of what they've lost in football, in basketball, this is still the best conference in college basketball, okay? Even without Texas, Oklahoma, still have Kansas, the reigning national champ, still have Baylor, the team that obviously won the championship two years ago, still have Texas Tech. I don't think a lot of people realize this. Three of the last four NCAA tournaments that have been played, Texas Tech has advanced to at least the second weekend, one Final Four appearance, one obviously title game appearance in the Final Four in 2019. Beyond that, remember, remember who they're adding. Because of realignment, they're adding Houston, one of the, I think, up-and-coming programs in the country. They're going to start the season. They are starting the season in the top five. They're adding Cincinnati. I think they're up-and-coming with Wes Miller. They're adding BYU, really interesting program with Mark Pope. So you look at this conference right now, it was already the best conference in college basketball. It's getting better with Houston, better with BYU, better with Cincinnati. We won't talk about Central Florida. And imagine if they added Gonzaga? Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga? Are you kidding me? You know what else it does too? It's not just about the basketball product on the court. What is it about? Keeping your business partners happy. Think about it from the Big 12's perspective. Now they can go back to those TV networks and say, hey, we already got BYU in this West Coast window. Now we got Gonzaga. Now we can have a Kansas-Houston 9 o'clock Eastern tip, and we can follow that with Baylor at Gonzaga or Kansas at Gonzaga or whoever at Gonzaga. It works for the league. It works for the TV networks. And I would add this as well. I think it makes sense for Gonzaga. There was one really interesting line. Let's talk about it from the Gonzaga perspective. Now, I don't, what I would say about Gonzaga, I don't believe that they are in a rush to leave the WCC. They have it really good there. I've said it many times, Mark Few basically run. He might as well be the commissioner of the WCC. Whatever he wants, he gets. Fewer league games, more time for out-of-conference games. Uh, the, the, the path to the conference championship game for him is so easy. You only play two games. So I don't think they're in a rush to leave, but there are two things that are obvious. One, they have been looking at other options. Remember, about three years ago, four years ago, there was a report that they got pretty far down the road with the Mountain West. Mountain West ultimately was offering them more money, more exposure, more this, more that, better conference, San Diego State, UNLV, whoever. And at the last minute, they pulled back and just said, you know what, this isn't for us. Again, Mark Few got a few of those things that he wanted to stay in the WCC. There's been reports that the Big East has had conversations with Gonzaga. Don't know how far those have gone, but obviously from a basketball-only perspective, it makes sense. And of course... 
The Pac-12, they're right in the Pac-12 footprint. You'd, you'd be naive to think that the Pac-12 hasn't at least contacted them. Now, whether there's been formal discussions, I don't know. But I bring it up because it's been obvious from an outsider that they're at least looking at their options. This is obviously a great option with the basketball element of this as well. I thought it was very interesting in Pete Thamel's article, the exact words. Let me see if I can find the exact. It's not a direct quote, but what he said was, um, you know, Gonzaga was brought up by the conference and blah, 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 this and that. Um, This is what he said. He said the school has been transparent with the WCC about its conversation. So we know they've been flirting. They have told the conference itself we're talking to other people. So to me, this is more than just exploratory. They are looking at their options. They are waiting for the right option. And if the right option fits, then it's something that they would consider. The other thing I would say too, the TV, the the Big 12 just got that new TV deal. Think about it from Gonzaga's perspective. Now they probably wouldn't get a full share the way that Oklahoma State or Kansas State or Kansas or Baylor does. But if you don't have football, what does it matter? If you're making $25 million instead of 35, but you don't have football, you don't have to, you know, scholarships for 85 players, feed 85 players, pads for 85 players, nutrition for 85 players, insurance. If you don't have football, the money makes more sense. And they're certainly going to make more money from the Big 12. Finally, and I think this is important. Everybody looks at it from the Big 12 perspective, the Gonzaga perspective. You know what I don't think anybody's talking about? Keep in mind, what did I just tell you? The Big 12 just signed a new TV deal with both the with both ESPN and Fox. Why is that important? We know that the TV networks run realignment. And so if you already have a partnership with the two big TV networks, with the two big ones, that's probably that's probably something that they would be excited to add to their portfolio to add Gonzaga to their portfolio. And so you have to think, and I haven't had any conversations with TV people, but you would have to think that ESPN's excited about it. I know I work for Fox. I work for Fox Sports Radio. I have no idea what's going on in the TV department. But you would think that the TV networks would be over the moon if, again, you can add Gonzaga, an elite brand. You can like them. You cannot like them. But that is an elite brand. And then just as important, and this is important, Again, you get those late West Coast games. Fox has something to put on FS1 at 11 p.m. ESPN has something to put on at 11 p.m., 11.30, 10.30, whatever it is. And it's big brands. It's not Gonzaga beating somebody by 40. You got Kansas at Gonzaga, Baylor at Gonzaga, Texas Tech at Gonzaga, BYU at Gonzaga, Cincinnati at Gonzaga. So I don't know how far this is along. What I do know is it makes sense for the Big 12, for Gonzaga, and for the TV networks as well. Lastly, what I would say, I've tried to defend the the Pac-12 through all this craziness. I think they're a little bit more stable than people want to give them credit for. But if they let Gonzaga out of their grip, I'm doing the hand thing right now. That is a brutal look for the Pac-12. In your footprint, across state from Washington, short drive to Oregon, and you let them go to a mostly Midwest conference, That's a really, really bad look for the Pac-12. Again, I've I've given credit to the Big 12 for being proactive instead of reactive. It's time for the Pac-12 to get a little proactive as well. They better get on the phone. They better see what Gonzaga wants. Because if you lose Gonzaga to the Big 12, that is a really, really bad look. All right, that's what I want to do. I do want to take a quick break. 
I do want to come back. And when I come back, as promised, we are welcoming on a friend of the show, a great guy. I love talking to him, and he is certainly in the news. It is Hugh Freeze, the head coach at Liberty. We talk about everything. We talk about this weekend at Arkansas. We talk about how he builds all these great teams. And at the end of the interview, I do ask him about other jobs. Now, it's important to note, we did this interview in the middle of the bye week last week. Liberty had a bye. This was before he signed his extension. This was before Auburn fired Brian Harson. But even with the extension, it's not enough to keep teams away. And I did ask him point blank, would you be interested in other jobs? His, in, his answer was very interesting. So we're going to take a quick break, come back, talk to Hugh Freeze. Uh, and this is an exclusive. You heard from Lane Kiffin yesterday. You're going to hear from Hugh Freeze right now. Take a quick break. Be right back. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back the sponsor of our Aaron Torres pod, NFL Pick'em Challenge, Bracket Fanatics, and BracketFanatics.com. Listen, I've worked with Bracket Fanatics for years, multiple NCAA tournaments, and we started the Aaron Torres pod, NFL Pick'em Challenge. This is such an awesome deal for you guys and girls. This is all you got to do. Go to BracketFanatics.com. Join Bracket. The Bracket name is Torres. Do that, and here is what you can get. We have weekly $100 winners, and we have a season-long $1,000 cash prize. Free to enter, no sign-up, no this, no that. Enter every week, $100 weekly winner, $1,000 season-long cash prize. That is what Bracket Fanatics does for you. That is what Bracket Fanatics is doing for Aaron Torres and the Aaron Torres pod this, this football season. Again, week nine is coming up. We will announce our week eight winner later this week. But if you have not signed up, BracketFanatics.com. Join Bracket. The Bracket name is Torres. Uh, and if you've already signed up, go ahead and make those week nine picks. We are giving out money. We are going to announce our week eight winner later this week. Thank you to Bracket Fanatics, BracketFanatics.com. Again, BracketFanatics.com. Join Bracket. Bracket name Torres. All right. Joining me via Zoom. Uh, I've had him on many times. Uh, you know, it's a busy time of year. So I, I feel fortunate. Uh, Hugh Freeze, head coach, Liberty, 7-1 and one Liberty Flames. They are on a bye. Uh, but you're a busy man, coach. I appreciate your time. How are you doing today? Uh, Aaron, I'm doing great. Just um, bye weeks are always uh, a lot more enjoyable when you come off a win than, than off a loss. So that makes it even sweeter. But uh, doing great. Thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And, you know, you talk about not just a win, but I've been reading some of your kind of commentary. Uh, so if people don't know, you played BYU. You know, BYU was in the top 25 for a good chunk of this year. Um, and this is no disrespect to their program, but you put it on them pretty good. Uh, and you did it in a game where, you know, your, your starting quarterback's been out. He's sort of back, but he's not really back. You're down to your third, fourth string quarterback, you know, multiple starters out. For people who just, just you know, it's a busy college football Saturday, take us into last Saturday against BYU uh, and really just, like, frankly, like how big it was for you, your team, your program. Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack there. But you start back five decades ago, the, the vision to start this place and by our founder, Dr. Falwell. And uh, one of the things he said repeatedly in his founding was his vision was that one day, we would uh, field a football team here uh, on the mountain in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, that would play the likes of BYU. And I'm sure many people 
thought he was crazy. And then not only would we play them, but we would compete with them. And I, I'm sure that a lot thought he was crazy. So for us to walk in that vision and experience um, hosting BYU here, and obviously we're an evangelical uh, faith-based university and BYU to Mormons is the same thing. And uh, we have such respect for them and, and the way they run their program. Kalani is a, a dear friend, but um you know, to host them here in a first ever sellout crowd, it was packed, people everywhere, standing room only. And so many have heard of this vision. And then for us to walk in it as a staff and players and find a way to play so well, get the win, obviously, with our top two quarterbacks out, plus a slew of receivers were out. Um, it was just a magical night, really one of my top three to five uh, experiences and to see the the number of people that just were overwhelmed with joy uh, because of this victory was pretty dang special. So in your pregame speech, I thought this was interesting. I, I, I saw a video where you said um, this is, you know, the preparation doesn't change, but, but this is bigger and this is different. And, and that felt like anti-coach speak to me, right? Like, you know, like coaches, oh, you know, this is the, you know, we're playing number one team in the country. It's no different than whatever. I like that you were just like, no, this is huge. This is why you came yeah. here. This is the game you came. Is that, I, I don't know, where did that come from? Is that normal for how you operate? Because it yeah. just felt so anti what most coaches would say in that moment. Aaron, I, I want to tell you, man, in the last five years, I, I've learned so much uh, about myself, others, and the way I want to be, uh, what I can control and what I can't control. Uh, what pride does to you. I've learned, I've learned so much. And uh, man, I am so true to myself right now. And I'm so transparent with our players. Uh, I tell them when their coach has gotten it wrong and I tell them when I've gotten it right. And I tell them uh, what I learned from each and I don't want them to experience some of the things that I've experienced. And I just know my players know when I walk in there on Monday, I teach a class every Monday to our oh, players yeah, about life. Sure. And, uh, and and then I turn our attention to the game, but it's really about life. And I, I do this, this I, I, I teach a lesson and I work on it back in the summers, typically from a book that I'll get. And, um, and then I'll, I'll teach them real life lessons because I just think we should be about that as coaches. But I walked in there Monday and started and I said, guys, I, I'm going to put it to you straight as I can. This is the biggest game in school history. <laughs> And um, I think if I was anything other than that, uh, I think our players would have said, man, he ain't being true to himself because they've come to expect that from me. I tell them every Monday, this is a game we should win. This is a game we should lose. This is a game that's a toss-up. Uh, I tell them that. And um, that doesn't mean we're going to lose it. Uh, we've won some that we're not supposed to, to win. Um, and we've won a lot of toss-ups. I mean, our record over the last four years here is pretty dang remarkable for just us moving into to the FBS world. But um, So I don't know if that's normal for most coaches, but it's the way I want to operate. How have the how has the reception from players over the years changed? I mean, you know, we call it the BS meter here in the real world. I mean, do you yeah. do you see players reacting differently when you are just 100 percent? Hey, this is a big one. Hey, this is one that people don't think you can win. How, what is the player reaction as, as you've evolved as a coach? Well, again, I think initially um, the first year, 
you know, there's probably a lot of mixed bags in there. But now that I've got a group that's been with me all four years to kind of set the tone in the locker room, I think they're when you get a voice in mm-hmm. the locker room mm-hmm. that him is that coach on Monday and Thursday in our team meetings, and those players are saying, "This is him, and he's right. Listen to him. He knows how to win. He'll help us win. He'll help you succeed." When you get that going, and we have an incredible culture council of 12 guys um, that I think allow me to be that way, and that in turn helps when in the locker room they say, no, he's right, you need to listen. And you're out of line there. That's not the standard. And when you get that, I think you, you've got a chance to win a lot of football games. If you, You've got to have some good players. But when you can have good players and not have culture in your locker room and lose a bunch of games too. Um, and so I think that's the key. No, I was going to say, so there there was an incident, and we don't have to name the school, people probably know, but uh, an incident with you know, a major program the last couple of days. And I said, you know, on this show, I said, I remember talking to Ed Reed, of all people, Hall of Famer years ago, and he said, yeah, he said, when I was at Miami, he's like, I handled the punishment. He's like, they, Larry Coker didn't have to worry about a darn thing because he knew that nothing got by me. Two kind of two parts to that. How long does it take? to create that, like the culture where the players are holding themselves accountable. And then two, I know it's cliche, but every person that I've ever spoken to has told me the best teams, the best programs are player led. How long does that, I mean, does it take a full four years? I mean, how long did it take you to get that to that place at Liberty? Oh gosh, Aaron. So Uh I don't, I don't want to sound, um, man, I don't want to sound like I have it figured out. Sure. Sure. But if you look at my track record, I just I've been able to do that quickly at every place. So, I mean, go back to my NAIA days. I took over a Lambert program that had didn't win a game the year before. We win nine in year one, and then eleven or twelve in year two. Arkansas State never had a winning season. Uh, they had won six and six, I think, and we went ten in year one. Ole Miss hadn't won an SEC game in two years. And we roll in there in year one and win seven games and go to a bowl game and win it. And and then here, same scenario, going to FBS and we, we go to a bowl game in year one and win it. I, I, I just think – I don't know. I have a lot of weaknesses, Aaron. Uh, I'm not uh, – but I I think some people have a gift to, to point a group of young men in the right direction culturally – that doesn't mean we're perfect now. Listen, I've got a room of 120 in there, and listen, all of them are not perfect, and they're all not going to do it right. And I think it's an unrealistic expectation that you would ever think that you would get 100% buy-in from any team, business, church, whatever. You're not getting 100% buy-in. You know, and uh, it's like I had a guy tell me the other day, there's a whole bunch of hypocrites in the church. I said, yep, we'll move over and make room for you. you can come <laughs> on in too. We'll, 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 I mean, we'll, we'll. And, and, but you're never going to get 100% buy-in. The goal for me is always, it's just like in one-on-ones for our receivers, is I want them to win 75% of their one-on-ones. I want to get 75% buy-in. And what really happens when you get that is I think the other 25% mm. start realizing, look, my voice really doesn't matter. Interesting. And that doesn't mean you're insignificant as a person, but your voice really doesn't matter. So you either get all in or you get out. And and typically they at least become where they may not be all in, but they're not um, they're not crushing the culture. And but you've got to have some leadership in that locker room. And that's I spend a lot of time 
in the summer with our culture council saying, it's your team. I can show you how to win. Here's, here, here's the proof. Here's, here's, here's what my teams have done. All right. I can show you how, but ultimately it's your team. And so what do you want it to be? And we developed that together, sitting in my house every summer. And all right, what's the standard? And how are we going to hold each other accountable? We had a little issue this week, not a major one, but um, we win a big game and we're seven and one and pride, Mm -hmm. which I'm sounding the alarm because, you know, that's all of our downfall as men is our stupid pride. Sure. And, uh, and, and um, I'm sounding the alarm and we got this locker rooms of great, first sign you walk into a team's locker room and look at it you can probably tell the culture's pretty good here hmm. um or, or mm, i don't know look at those lockers and so i brought it to our attention on wednesday practice and the culture council said that's it coach you don't have to say another word we got it and that's that's what i think it takes so i don't know how long it takes really it's better in year four than it was in year one but um and you better have coaches sure they better understand this guy, one of the non-negotiables when Freeze hires you is you drive the culture. I set the culture. I set the standard. And if you can't drive it, you're not going to last long with me. And I'm not talking about being perfect. And But, man, you better not. I can't have double tongue. If we say it's important that your kid's locker is, is clean and tidy, then, by God, you better make sure it is. That's your responsibility. If we say we want to graduate them, then you got to get them across the finish line. And so I think it takes all of that um, to do it. But I'm very – in my interview, I'm probably the worst interview guy of a coach that there is. You're just too honest? Uh, I, well, I know. I just – I go into hardly – very little ball because I, I'm going to do the ball on offense anyway. <laughs> but um, I just need guys to be fundamentally really good at what they do. But I spend time just, are you able, do you have the capacity to have the mental toughness enough to every single day be sure you are driving the standard of our culture? And that's not easy for everybody to do every single day. And I don't do it. Look, I look myself in the mirror at night some nights and say, you know what? I didn't do a great job in practice today of driving the standard. I got, I got to, but that's to me what integrity is, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Integrity, not, it's not always getting it right or none of us would have it. Sure. Integrity is owning what that film says of your life or what that film says of your game or what that film says of practice. It's, you have to own it. That's what integrity is. And then make the necessary changes and play the next play. Uh, to me, that's what integrity is, and and um, I think our coaches have to have that along with myself. On man, are we really driving the culture? It's so funny. No, I mean, as as I get older too, I mean, you just realize everybody. It doesn't matter the job. It doesn't matter the this. It doesn't matter the that. Everybody has bad days, and so it's yeah. just funny for you to say. You know, there's sometimes that even I, hey, we're seven and one, but I look at myself in the mirror and feel like I didn't have the uh, the the best you know practice, the best game, whatever it was. So. I don't no. know, just life well, lesson I, that I've learned along the way. That's another thing is I do probably differently than I stand before our team on Monday and I tell them how many awful plays I called. What's the what's the highest uh, number this year? Am I allowed to ask? Yeah, it's a three. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, and that's, that's three too many. Sure. And when I say a bad play, I don't mean a play didn't work or – I mean, sometimes they beat you. Sometimes – but, but when I call a play that schematically – 
has zero chance at working during a game, I have not met my standard and I have let these players down. It happens, but I want them to see the integrity I have to say, and, and you know what? I got it wrong. And I think it just breeds uh, authenticity and transparency and, um, and it's like, man, that guy, he's going to tell you. I come in the practice field after I chew somebody out and I'll have to go to him and say, you know what? I was wrong. I, I didn't see it right on the field. You actually did the right thing. Um, Do you ever make yourself run laps or, or up-downs? Or or? We, we don't, I, don't, I don't like cursing around our, our, our program and our young ladies and everybody. So, you know, we, we have a standard for that. And if, if somebody uh, messes up with that, we do five push-ups. That's not one of my great temptations, uh, <laughs> other than other than third and long. When they when a team convicts commit uh, when a team converts third and long, I don't know why, Aaron, but I want to drop a curse word. And sure. I, I, I don't I, I never curse any other time. I don't curse when I hit a bad shot on the golf course or anything. But man, do you let them complete a third and twelve? Uh-huh. I want to I want to let loose on one. It's frustrating as a fan too if it makes you feel any better. It's frustrating <laughs> as a fan. What else do you feel like over the the last however many years? You know, you said you've evolved as a person, evolved as a, what what else have you learned about yourself, about leading people, young men, all that? Oh man, I, I pretty much touched on the leading of men, sure. being authentic and and real and genuine and saying, "Listen, uh, here's exactly what I've done and what I haven't done so you know and you don't have to worry about trying to decipher from uh, this crazy uh, propaganda world of social media. And, mm-hmm. and please don't let that define who you are or your self-worth. Um, and I, I've just come to the conclusion and I really don't, I'm at peace with who I am and where I am and where my family is. And that's the most important thing. And, and making sure that, you know, trying to chase uh, people's approval which I'm guilty at at, mm-hmm. uh, at Ole Miss, um, man. We don't have time to go through it all, but man, at Ole Miss, I was—I mean, I am Mississippi born and bred, and I return to my home state and deliver a winner. And boy, I was not prepared to handle all the pride issues that came with that, and it—it uh, it obviously. Um, and now, uh, man, heck, 10 years ago or five years ago, I would be chasing people's approval. I really don't care what people say, man. There's none of us that, that don't have some failures or some poor moments or some poor decisions. And those that want to uh, continue to rehash, beat up, put down, I will never understand that mindset and um, and now I'm just at a point in my life where it doesn't bother me anymore sure. uh, because I've got the most important people that know me for who I am and love me. And that's my players, my staff, my wife, my kids, my administration and uh, my friends. And, I'm, man, I don't know that I could be more blessed as a human being. And so I've just learned to be very authentic and real and genuine with the people around me and not to worry about the things that I have zero control over nor chase the next thing. Sure. I don't have to. And, um, used to, man, it was just, Oh God, you know, what's yeah. the next thing? You know, what's the next thing? And, um, it's, it's kind of refreshing not to be that way. No, I think that's a type a type uh, person, you know, like, uh, I try not to be that way, but I think we all are. I have a really good friend who I 
try to talk some sense into sometimes it's always the next thing and it's like dude you got two beautiful really kids yeah, yeah you got two beautiful like the job you got is really good you don't whatever yeah. but anyway um real quick couple other things you know obviously look you're not looking for anybody's approval i understand that but make a heck of a statement you walk into an sec stadium this coming weekend uh, against arkansas i don't mm. know you know we're recording here during the bye yeah. week uh you know this interview will run in the lead up to the game, obviously, I know, you know, Sam Pittman's track record, coach Pittman's track record and the teams that he has uh, kind of built. But do you have you had the chance to look at Arkansas yet? And and I, I assume you've got to be pretty impressed by especially the way they run the ball, the physicality, all that stuff. Yeah, I've, uh, I've watched them all this week. And um, I mean, we, we shouldn't win the game. They have better players. Um, they should. They're in the SEC and they're 85 or going to run faster and be bigger and jump farther and change directions better than uh, than our 85. And, um, you know, so that is what it is. And But I'm okay with that. And that's one that I love these opportunities. I think we should embrace it. And we're going to get to go play a fine football team that is well coached and with zero expectations. And, you know, we've – Competed with the likes of Wake Forest, who's a well, I don't know what are they are thirteen, twelve in the nation right now. Had a legit chance to win that game. I go for two, and that's one of the plays I didn't coach well enough. Um, or we had a chance to win that game. That's our only loss. So our kids are going to embrace it. They're going to fight it. I mean, and they'll go fight. I mean, we played a very talented Ole Miss team last year, and you know, lost 27-14, but really had – it was closer than that in the second half had we not had a couple penalties and a turnover. But, um, you know, it is what it is, and we're going to embrace it and, and look forward to it. By the way, week after – I don't know if you know know this. I went to UConn, by the way. So, you know, the Wrenchler Field, the house the Torres built over there in, in East Hartford, <laughs> I'm just – <laughs> I'm just saying, don't overlook those Huskies either. But I know one week at a time. Oh, this is what, yeah, it will be. But I, I assure you, I know uh, Jim Mora. Yes. And they, they're much improved. And he is. listen, we've struggled mightily um, this year at times offensively without our quarterbacks. Now, I think there's a chance we're going to get both one and two quarterbacks back in the next few weeks, hopefully by UConn, if not um, this week. And – Hopefully we can start uh, being a little more efficient and uh, consistent offensively. Last one, by the way, Coach Moore is doing an awesome job there. They're they're down about a million bodies as well. I, I you know they I think they're three it's and crazy. Five. I think it's happening to more so this year. We literally got thirteen players last uh, Saturday, and I, I don't I don't remember a time, but it seems like that's yeah. I've never had this issue of quarterback. Uh, yeah. I've never the only issue. I mean. I lost Chad Kelly at Ole Miss late in the season, but that's the only starter here. I've lost number one and number two for significant time. It's uh, I think it's happening more. I don't know if we're training too much throughout the year, or uh, I think there's a lot of things that could be discussed. But anyway, that was off. No, the, off. no it's okay. It's it's interesting. Um, We'll just wrap because, you know, it is still your bye week. I, I think you might want to hit the links after. We're going to say you're going to yes. watch film, but no, no, no. We tell the no, truth I've, here. I've been, we tell- there, I've been there all morning. I've okay. watched it. Yeah. I've even scripted practice for Monday. Uh, it's all done. Yeah, I was going to say, we we tell the truth here on this show, and we tell – this all is done. what I've learned throughout this interview. All right, so so you're going to hit the links. I'm going to relax because it's my Friday too. Um, you know, you're 7-1, what, five ga- four games left? 
Uh, and the phone calls are going to come. And I know you're not chasing anything, anyone's approval, but those phone calls are going to come. I mean, and I know, actually, I think I've talked to you about this before, you know, on air, you know, on the record is yeah. that when you have success, people call and you've told, talked to your players about that. Um, mm -hmm. When those phone calls start to come in uh, after the season, last couple of weeks of the year, what, what will go into any process about listening to certain places, not listening, saying yeah. I'm good here at Liberty. I mean, what, what, what do you envision the next five, six weeks like for you? Yeah. Again, I, I talked to my AD and, and, and people, they've been so good to me here and um, the, the contract, that they continue to present to me and and um and our staff is phenomenal and, and we're a total piece here so i've said from the time i got here it would take something extraordinarily special for me to uh to leave um, i have had some phone calls from uh, at least to my agent um throughout the last four years and a couple this year um i have no clue if that means that someone's really serious about me or not. And I'm okay with that, whether they are or not. But to this point, every single time my response has been, I, I just really don't have interest. And, and, and I don't think that's the right fit. And I kind of in my mind, Aaron, I tell my players and I, I don't know that there'll ever come a time when I leave, but if it does, it would be in my, and Jill in my mind, there is uh, there, there's only a few, that really would say, man, we really want to listen to that because it fits our culture. It fits our location and mine. We're a small, we're a college town family. I'm not a big city guy. I don't belong there. Um, and, you know, if, if, if that select few, I do have kind of a list in my mind that if, if, if they ever um, were to have an interest um, it'd be something that we certainly would listen to. And I have no idea, even if we listen, that we'd want to leave here, though. It's such a good place on the mountain. And uh, but that's kind of how we'll go about it is. Um, but there's very few that we even would take the calls from. Head coach. People crazy. But uh, but I, I literally uh, there's some that I just have. They just I have zero interest in. Well, and to bring it all full circle. Right. I mean, that's about learning and evolving in life is is yeah. you're winning. It seems like you have a great, you know, your family likes it there. It seems like you, the administration supports you and the, you know, it's like, what, what do they say? Don't, don't try to be happier than happy or something, something like that. So. That sounds yeah. good. My daughter's my personal assistant. I mean, yes. I beat that. And just, uh, and the administration here has just been incredible. The fans, the, the students, our student section is incredible. Our administration, Ian McCall is one of the best men leaders I've, I've ever been around and um, just just very blessed and thankful you freeze head coach liberty flame seven and one arkansas this week uh yukon the following week uh, coach man it's it's your bye week go enjoy the afternoon i appreciate your time and uh we will do this at some point in the future all right aaron thank you always man judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.